Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Uh, morning, everyone. I pray that you're well. Um, pray that um, you've had a great week and that um, God is is blessing you this morning. Um, yeah, it's me. So <laughs> I um, I was thinking about what to preach and teach um, for this session quite a few weeks back, actually, um, not long after um, my last preach. Um, and it's been it's been a battle, um, not not a battle per se, but um, it's been been a bit of a a, a struggle. Um, one because I feel the Lord has really wanted me to continue um, and and kind of finish some of the aspects that He um, um, shared with me the last time I preached um, in terms of weathering the storm. Um, and two, because, you know, it's Valentine's Day, you know, um, <laughs> less, you know, I was, I was thinking, oh, I've got to do something on love, man. You know, it makes sense. This is this is um, God's word here. You know, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to talk about agape love, just like um, Marcia um, talked about in terms of the uh, communion. You know, today is, is Valentine's Day. Um, and I thought, yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense. So all this week I've been like, Lord, come on, give me a word about love and, you know, your undying love. And then I realized, you know what, John Mark did that last week, <laughs> the love of God, the grace of God and and some of that um, aspect. And, you know, the Lord was just just taking me back to this word, just around encouraging and, 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 and strengthening you all, just around um, um, weathering um the storm so in obedience I've, I've i've um yeah i'm going to do that and and just carry on so there's a there's a few things that i'd like to do i'd really like to pray with you all today um at some point just for for grace and strength around um the different types of storm or the different types of issues you might be going through um i believe the lord wants to strengthen you again um and encourage you again um in in the context of of what he shared with me as i said in the last um the last time i shared that, that you know there was a a few things more that I had to share so I'm hoping that I'll be able to bring that but also what he revealed you know a, a few weeks back um Tola and I and the kids were, were just doing a devotion and a, a scripture came to me just uh, around this subject um and really along the same themes and you know sometimes you read the bible a lot and you read things and and you, you know you read the different aspects in there not recognizing just the levels of grace and 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 the revelation of God um, in each scripture. You know, sometimes it can be so simple. Sometimes it can be really out there and really deep. But um, yeah, I just yeah. So he gave me this scripture, and and it's the basis of what I'm going to teach today. Um, so it's Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. Okay, so Matthew chapter 14. Um, verse 22. I'm just going to bring it up. It 
So I'm reading from the New International Version, and it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them, of him, to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, let me come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Cried out, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed in um, Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. And this scripture, um, slightly different to the scripture that I shared before um, um, in Mark, um, Mark chapter 4. And it's another continuation in terms of storms and, and thinking um, in terms of, of difficulties and, and, you know, how God kind of works in these contexts. Um, and I want to share with you just from this viewpoint and encourage you from this viewpoint, um, just how Jesus shows up in the midst of the storm. So I just want to pray um, and then um, we'll, we'll go in to the word father thank you thank you for your word that brings life thank you for your word that is life and father i just pray as we continue to share as we continue to build one with another that you oh god will really reveal yourself to us that through this word oh god you will speak through me you will strengthen me and you'll help me to encourage my family, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, that Father, you will speak a word to them. You will encourage them at this time. Whatever their circumstance, whatever their issue, help them, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So last time um, we shared and I, I talked and, and there were two questions that I asked you to consider. Um, if you weren't with us, um, it's on the podcast. Please do go.
go back um all the sermons all the the, the ministering is is put on the church website on podcast so you can go back um and listen and the two questions that i posed last time was this what have you learned in this season of separation what have you learned in this time um, that we've been separated? You know, um, it's been a year. Um, John Mark mentioned it last year. It's been pretty much a year now that we've been separated. We've not been able to come together in the context of church. We've not been able to kind of just meet regularly. That The normality of life has changed. But what have you learned through this season, you know? And then the second question I asked was, what has God been saying specifically to you? What has God been saying specifically to you? And I think these two questions, which God was speaking to me about, um, and, and God was asking me to really answer, are very significant in this time. Um, you know, for some of us, it's um, um, very... Um, uh, challenging for some of us it's kind of difficult um, and it's different in 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 lots of different ways okay so there are there are four things that I want to explore in this aspect of things so the first thing is recognizing the source of our faith as we weather these storms the second aspect is understanding the command of faith when going through storms And third, realizing and stepping into the storms in faith. And then the fourth is recognizing that little faith is a catalyst to walk confidently in great faith or full faith in that circumstance. So I want to just recap, um, you know, last time I preached and last time I ministered, we talked very much about character building in the sense of separation and that how God builds character when he separates us, when the situations are, are, are difficult and challenging. And um, I really believe that God is, is, is fulfilling his word in terms of character building at this time specifically. You know, many of us, are, are, are kind of walking through difficulties, walking through challenges, walking through issues. And, you know, the, 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 the reality of it all is we are learning to hear God in different ways. We are learning to, to understand God in different ways. And I want to kick off with the, the kind of first point, recognizing the source of our, our faith. So as I said, you know, we looked at Elijah um, as he started his ministry and how the Lord removed him after he made a statement, after he declared something which was quite catastrophic at that time in order to show that God is God. He then, God asked him then to separate himself. And that separation was about him learning that God is going to be his sustainer, God is going to be his builder, God is going to provide for him in the weirdest of circumstances. God took him in the time of drought to a place where there was fresh water, fresh running water. Not only did he bring him fresh water, but he brought him food in that circumstance. And then as we go through that story, um, he, when God moves him again from that place um, of, of, of the storm, 
He moves him into a place where he prepares him to understand the journey and the thing that God is going to do for him um, in that time. And I, I believe at this point where he went to the widow's house and she was running out of oil and God commanded him to do something. It was at this point that he was able to really understand and know what who God was because he had done the miracle in the context of um, allowing the woman to multiply the food supply and and the bread and they were able to have oil and bread and she was able to sell it you know and then what happens the woman's son dies you know and and that aspect of of that story is is so weird i mean why would god take you somewhere perform miracles and then allow something like that to happen and in 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 those times remember this is in the old testament you know God spoke through the prophets and God did many things through the prophets. And this woman had a prophet in her house and, you know, she had seen the miracles of God. She had almost felt like she had come out of the storm. You know, she had got the answer, the revelation of God in her home. But yet a catastrophe, a bigger storm comes. And the prophet at that point starts to doubt. He's like, God, what's going on? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Why, why have you allowed this to happen? It, it shows me as crazy. But God again performs a miracle and it builds enough character in Elijah to know that the God that he is serving is able to do above and beyond all things. We discover that no matter the, the strength of that storm, no matter the strength of what the woman is going through, God is always with us and riding the storm. And we go back to, to the, the scripture in Mark where the disciples are in the boat and they, they, Jesus at the beginning of the journey says, guys, let's, let's catch this boat. Let's get in this boat and let's get to the other side. Then Jesus proceeds to go to the stern of the boat, to the front of the boat, and he just knocks off to sleep. And during this time, the, the, the winds and the waves start to pick up. And, and, the, and this storm is so terrifying. These guys think they're going to die. And for a moment, they forget the source of their victory, the source of their, 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 their salvation, Jesus. He was in the boat the whole time. Now, the significance really is that Jesus had already, right at the beginning of that journey, given them the victory. He had given them the source and, and he had given them the, 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 the end result of that journey. He said, let us get to the other side. And they forgot that. They forgot that it is in Jesus that they need to put their trust, not in the size of the storm, not in the, the stake of the storm, but it is in Jesus that we have the victory. And I, I in, in last time I preached, I, I, I declared over you guys that no matter the size of the storm, no matter the, the issues that you're going through at this time, um, Jesus walks with you through the storm. Jesus moves with you through the storm. He's already given you the victory because he wants you to get from one side to the other. And what he doesn't do is just leave you. He doesn't leave you. The word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
And not only do we realize that he's with us, but he's actually physically there. He lives within us. He's given us the comforter who will give us the guide to walk through this situation. We have the source and we have the answer to our storms. Now, the story in Matthew <laughs> is slightly different because although they're going across this lake and although that they think Jesus again gives them a command. What's the command? He tells them to go into the boat and that he will meet them at the other side. It's slightly different this time that he will meet them at the other side. I just want to read the scripture again. Just bear with me as I as I um, um, shape, because, you know, I, I, um, I was, I was a little bit baffled when I heard this, I was like, wow, okay, Lord, this is, <laughs> this is interesting, because although it's a similar thing, and, a, and although we have the storm again, it's slightly different, Jesus doesn't ride with them at this situation, but something significant is in this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So this time Jesus tells them to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So last time we we heard that Jesus rides with us through the storms. Now these guys, you know, and I was kind of looking at the scripture um, in Matthew. I was trying to find um, this scripture again somewhere else. And the only other place it's in is in Mark that um, I found. So in Mark chapter 6, it tells this story that it's slightly different because it doesn't talk about Peter and Peter's role in this aspect, but it talks about the story. And then in Mark chapter 4, now if we're looking at it chronologically, according to Mark, the first aspect after Jesus, you know, taught the parables and um, uh, 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 and was doing that, I think it was the Sermon on the Mount, um, they all get into the boat together and, and that's where our story um, initially stems from. But this time, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He just fed the 5,000. Now, if any time your faith should be high, it's now. You've just seen <laughs> a massive miracle from, from the Lord. He's, he's, he's fed 5,000 men and when you look at the scripture it says he's fed 5,000 men um, so we're not even counting the women and children and you know many different people kind of look at it in in in, in larger scales but he's just fed the 5,000 out of nothing two loaves um three loaves and two fish you know um why wouldn't your faith be charged at that point not only did he feed them there were baskets left over um Amazing. But anyway, he tells them to go into the boat. You know, they're not thinking, okay, there's another storm coming. They're, they're just thinking, okay, Jesus says he's going to meet us. Um, he's, he's telling us to get in the boat. Let's just go. So they jump into this boat and, they're, and they're, they're rowing and they're rowing and they're rowing and they're rowing and they're not getting where and the winds are picking up and the boat's getting buffeted by these waves. 
Now, this circumstance is a little bit different from the other one because the first one, um, they're clearly afraid because it's a storm and, and it, it's a violent storm. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, we're going through these storms, we're going through these issues and they might not be life-threatening, but they are so exhausting. It feels like you're rowing against the tide. I think in the scripture it even says the wind was against them. So these guys are rowing like, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking what, 12 disciples, right? Rowing this boat to get to the other side. And they're probably putting their all in and they're not getting anywhere. They've reached a significant way from the shore, but they're in the midst of this storm and the waves are coming and they're battling through and they're, they're, the waves are probably coming over the boat and they're thinking, man, who's not rowing properly? Come on, guys, let's, let's push. Come on, let's get to the other side. Jesus is going to meet us there. We need to get to the other side. Now, not only are they travailing and they're pushing and they're struggling and they're not going anywhere, it's night. There's not much they, they can do. Now, listen, the real issue, again, like in Mark chapter 4, is that Jesus told them to get in the boat and to go ahead of him. He had already guaranteed them this victory. Look, any time you go through storms, any time you go through situations, because Jesus died and rose for us, we have the victory. There's no doubt, we have to have no doubt in our mind that he will take us through these storms. Sometimes we think about storms as situations that are going to cause us to move out of the grace of God. Jesus is the one who provides grace. And grace and faith are so interlinked. We have to be clear and we have to be sure of the person who is the source and the author. He provides the grace for us. We need to step out and move into these storms in faith. We have to be obedient to what God wants us to do and sometimes the storms very often we think oh it's the enemy the enemy's battering us and the enemy's causing us not to pro progress you know you know when we we say oh um people are being an enemy of progress we can't progress we're rowing and we're rowing and we're rowing but it feels like we're not getting anywhere i want to move on to the Next point, it says, understanding the command in the storm. Jesus instructed the disciples to get in the boat. As I said, Jesus didn't get in the boat with them. However, the scripture says Jesus did not take his eyes off of them. Sometimes as we're rowing, as we're struggling, as we're not moving forward, we forget or we find it difficult to see where Jesus is in the midst of our storm. But he promises us that he is with us. He promises us that he will never take his eyes off of us. The Bible and the scripture says that God does not sleep nor slumber. As Jesus was up on the mountain, he was praying 
and he was watching the disciples as they were travailing, as they were struggling, as they were pushing through the storm. His eye was on them. He did not take his eye off of them. Jesus will not take his eye off of your situation. Jesus knows exactly where you are and at what point he will come and reveal to you his word. God's word is clear and it is sure because it is a law of God. Jesus said he came not to abolish the law, but to reveal the law. God's law is set. His covenant is set. We talked about covenant in the last time that God, when he promises to walk with you, when he promises to be with you, he will never fail or let you down. His covenant is yea and amen. He's there forever. So he, even though it feels like he's not in the boat with you, his eye is on your circumstance. His eye is on your situation. His eye is with you. And not only that, he is praying for you. He is praying on your behalf. He is speaking to the Father and he is ensuring safe passage for you. He told them to get in the boat because he was going to meet them on the other side. When he gets in the boat with you, he will assure you, don't worry, guys, we're going to make it. We're going to get to the other side. Jesus was praying and his eye was on the boat. Now, it talks in the scripture and I, I want to read um, it from Mark chapter four, um, chapter six, actually. Um, bear with me. It says this, immediately he made his disciples, and this is Mark chapter 4, so it's the same scripture, just um, uh, in a different, um, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining to row, and um, straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now all this, this fourth watch and third watch, I, 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 I didn't get it. Um, and it wasn't until Tola was explaining to me, and I remembered she was talking about, you know, the different times that we pray and, and the fourth watch. And now the, the significance of that is, is, is very interesting um, and, 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 and very significant again, that Jesus was praying, Jesus was watching, and then at the right time, he came to them. And the fourth watch, um, from what I understand and, and, you know, using Google, thank God for Google, um, is that hour between three and six o'clock. So it's just before the dawn, Jesus got up, he went down and he walked to them. Now, it wasn't that he just walked around the lake and kind of was really close to them. Jesus walked on water. Jesus, not only does he see you, not only does he keep his eye on you, he will come to the rescue at the right time. He will reveal himself at the time that is needed 
in order for the revelation to be fulfilled and take place. And I will go into this a little bit more um, a little bit later, but the revelation of God in your life will come in the fourth hour of prayer. It will come at the dawn. Now, there's a scripture which I love. Um, I'm trying to find it. Um, Psalms chapter 30, verse 1 to 5. Psalms chapter 30, verse 1 to 5. And it says this, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Winans have a great song. Um, I don't know if you know the Winans. Um, they're, they're a classical gospel group. Um, and they have a song called, um, you know, Weeping Comes through the night but joy comes in the morning and this aspect of this scripture is just that sometimes you'll be travailing you'll be pressing you'll be pushing and you think that you know what I cannot do this you know what I cannot move forward but right at the hour where you think you know what what's the point it's early morning you know I'm not going to get through I'm not going to break through in this situation Jesus will turn up into your situation he will reveal himself keep persevering keep pushing keep rowing i can imagine these guys in the boat i can imagine them you know if it was me and my brothers i can imagine the conversation that will be going listen some of the storms that you will go through jesus will direct you into them can you imagine that god will say to you get in the boat I'm going to meet you at the other side, knowing full well that you're going to come up against resistance, knowing through well, um, full well that you're not going to be able to get to the other side without him. But he won't be in the boat that time. He will be watching you. He will have his eye on you because he wants you not only to build character, but to rely on his grace and step out in faith. Brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to encourage you Rely on the grace. Rely on the grace that God has given you. The scripture says God will not give you more than you can bear. In this season, whether you're on furlough, whether you're struggling with a job, whether your finances are in tatters, God will not fail you. God will turn up at the right time. He will turn up because he's watching you. He will turn up because he has a plan. He knows that you have victory because he has spoken it. The word of God brings life. When Jesus commands you to do something, be obedient. Step out, get into the water and move according to what God or Jesus has spoken into your life some of our storms are going to be unavoidable because we have to go through them in order to strengthen our character in order to build our character in order to build our faith and in order to build and understand that the master uh, how to master and ride that storm one of the things that i was thinking while i was writing this was when you speak to captains of the seas or what sometimes you watch these old films they've often 
gone through many storms. Now, these guys don't say, oh, guys, a storm's coming. Let's turn back to sea once they're out at sea. They don't do that. They learn the patterns and the waves and the way the storm is going. And what they do is they decide whether they're going to go through the storm, whether they're going to circle the edge of the storm, or whether they're just going to travail until the storm calms. God wants you to walk, to, to row into your storm so that you can learn through faith. You can rely on his grace. You can rely on his revelation in order to get to the other side of your situation. Your situation is not too much for God to handle. It's not too much for God to deal with. But we have to stand in faith in order to see us through. But not just faith. We have to understand the aspects of grace that God has given us in order to get through this situation. Captains of the ship do not turn back. And one of the things, and I suppose it's the test, the disciples could have turned back. They could have said, you know what, sod this. <laughs> Let's just turn around. You know, the wind is against us. So if we turn around, we'll get back to shore really quick because, we, you know, the wind will push them. It will push them back towards the, the shore and then they could just wait till that storm had ended. But one of the lessons in this scripture is that they were travailing. So there was levels and aspects of faith that they had. One, because they were obedient. They got into the boat. Two, that they travailed. Not only did they travail, Jesus was in the fourth quarter. Now, I don't know about you and, you know, Caleb and, and, and Josiah and Aaron and, and, and um, Zion and, and um, Zanai. They all play basketball and, and basketball usually is played in four quarters. Now, if you understand the concept of that, it meant that for three quarters of the evening, these guys were trying to get to the other side. They were trying to row this boat across this lake. And this lake was big, but it was not big enough that Jesus could not still see them on the lake. Jesus must have been up on that mountain watching them, watching them inch by inch make a little bit of ground, get pushed back, make a bit of ground, get pushed back. But he knew that he was their salvation. So realizing and stepping into the storms in faith is another key and it's the next aspect of what I would like to speak about. I don't know about you, but after this is all happening, you know, they're travailing, they're pushing, they're probably arguing and having a time in the boat where they're, they're not very happy with each other, comparing who's rowing harder and who's not. Peter decides, um, then they, they, they see this figure on, on the water. Jesus is now coming to them. He's, he's finished the fourth quarter. He's like, right, let me go and help these guys out. He's now walking on the water. He's walking on the water. These guys are looking back thinking, oh, you know, and I can imagine they're probably rowing. And, and when you're rowing, a lot of people rowing, their, their backs are against the storm. So they're seeing this figure coming towards them. I don't know about you, but 
I don't know. In the midst of the storm, these waves are battering. I, I don't think I would be getting out of that boat. I'm seeing a figure. That figure would probably make me row even harder. Hey, Charlie, there's something coming. And you're, you're, you're just pulling the boat hard. Listen, I can imagine as Peter's looking and the disciples are looking, he's saying, guys, that, that, that looks like Jesus. They're saying... Shut up, man. Just row this boat. We need to get to the other side. It can't be Jesus. He said he's going to meet us. How can he be walking on water? They're probably cussing him, thinking, what are you on about? They're all looking, squinting through the waves and the wind, seeing this figure come before them. Sometimes those around us are going to say things that are gonna either cause us to doubt or cause us to grow in faith when the holy spirit was talking to me about this and and time is running so i, I need to be quick um it really kind of stumped me because you know sometimes you're going through things and actually the very people around you you would hope that they will lift you up and encourage you and strengthen you and build your faith. And sometimes because they don't understand what you're going through, the words that they say will bring discouragement to you. The words that they will say will not strengthen you at that moment. And this is where you have to absolutely know who the author and the source of your faith is. They are going through the storm as well. Remember, these disciples are all in the storm together. So these people will be in the same storm of you. But what they're doing is comparing your size of the storm to their size of the storm. They're saying you're not rowing hard enough. Listen, focus on Jesus. Peter's eyes were locked on Jesus. He could see him coming. He wasn't quite sure, but he could see the outline. His faith was beginning to build again. He could see... Christ was coming to his rescue. Look, comparing storms, comparing the size or the level of your faith against someone else's is, is not significant. It's understanding the revelation of your salvation that is key. Worrying whether you have big enough faith than another person, whether your situation is worse than theirs, that's not the issue. Understand that the revelation in what God has for you is the key to your salvation. And I believe Peter saw that. And Jesus revealed himself at that time to all of them. But, Jesus, um, but Peter was the one that stood up and took that leap in that context. And how did he do that? He asked Jesus a, a very interesting question. I want to read, I want to go back to Matthew and just read it a little bit. And it says this, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter knew that he couldn't just jump out the boat and run to Jesus. That G he knew that Jesus was the answer to his salvation, but he needed an aspect of permission. He needed to make sure that the revelation was clear. And what did Jesus do? 
Jesus didn't give him instructions. He didn't come down and alight and the angels surrounded him. He just said one word, come, come. Peter asked him and Jesus responded. Peter recognized after Jesus revealed him to himself to them that it was him and he asked him and Jesus replied, come. I don't know about you, but I would have been like, okay, thanks, Lord. But what, what, how do I do it? You know, do I need to kind of lightly jump across the water? Do I need to skip? You know, how do I? Jesus doesn't give any other response other than come. Sometimes our, 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 our greatest needs are responded to in the simplest of way. Jesus calls us sometimes to do the simplest things and in those acts of faith comes the revelation of how where what we need to do in order to reach the other side now peter comes out of the boat and he starts walking towards jesus and then he realizes almost that he's out of the boat and that's the struggle really because he realizes the winds and the waves are going and he loses sight. Now, it wasn't that his faith was, was not big enough. It was that he wasn't able to sustain the aspects of faith in order to reach Jesus. Now, the beauty of this, and I'm going to finish here and, and um, have to finish up again another time. But the beauty of this was that the moment he called out for Jesus to save him, Jesus was there. Now, when you when you see someone a long way and say, can I come to you? There's definitely going to be a distance between you. But the moment Peter needed Jesus, he was there. He reached out and he saved him. Peter said, Jesus, save me. And immediately, the scripture says, immediately, Jesus reached out and pulled him up and said to him, ye of little faith. And it wasn't that he didn't have faith. It was that the faith that he had to, in order to jump out of the boat became wavered. He didn't sustain it because he got distracted again by the waves and the wind of the sea. I pray that will not be your portion. I pray that the faith that you have will sustain you to the other side of your storm. The faith that you have and the faith that you need will be locked on Jesus and you'll be able to walk confidently because you have had the revelation. You have seen who Jesus is in your life and he wants you to come. He wants you to come. He wants you to obey. He wants you to keep going. He doesn't want you to turn back. The scripture says obedience. It's obedience. is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Whatever storm you are going through, whatever situation that you are going through, I pray that the grace and the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ will sustain you. It will sustain you to the other side of your situation. Why? One, because Jesus will always be in the boat. And if he feels like he is not there and you can't see him and you can't touch him to wake him up, his eye is always on your situation. His eye is always on you. He is, put, um, he is petitioning God. The scripture says Jesus ascended into heaven and he is petitioning God on your behalf. 
may he continue to have his eye on you and may you have faith strong enough to sustain you into that situation because the levels of grace that is on your life has already been revealed through Jesus's death and resurrection. I'm going to hand back to Lynette. I know, um, let me just pray actually, um, I know time has gone, um, but Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that Father, you continue to encourage us in difficult and, and, and strange times. And I, I pray that you will help us through these storms. You will reveal yourself to us through these storms. Father, touch, strengthen, and build us as we continue to seek your word and to, to, to move in faith through what you have revealed to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I will try and finish up the next time we, we, um, I get to, to, to teach. God bless you all. Have a great week. Um,